Hello there, my precious little pod babies. Welcome back to Own Goal Podcast. The date of recording is Sunday, August 27th. And we've got a a fun in-person show to get to you all. Yes, we're live from the casting couch. (laughs) (laughs) Of, uh, Of Donnie's house. Lovely home, by the way. And we actually just got back from a little FC Dallas Austin FC game. A lot of our friends asked if we would do a little reporting about the the game on this pod. I vehemently told them not a chance in this fucking world, but I've changed my mind. I had two big takeaways from our MLS game. And those were? One, the level of entertainment and, and joy out of watching that game pales in comparison to anything you can get from a top European league. And any of these MLS hardos that say it's just as fun or it's even more fun supporting your local MLS club, they need to get outside and touch some grass, man. Also local. My MLS club's an hour from my house. And I live in Dallas proper. (laughs) And two, we have some friends, Archie, who think that the MLS is a better quality competition than the uh, English championship. That's false. And that is categorically untrue. Yeah. Um, That ends the MLS segment for the pod. We have a lot to get to and recap in these uh, opening round fixtures. But first... To the byline. It's in! It's an up goal! It's a gift! He's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out, it almost hits his heel. It goes straight into the bottom of the corner, bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball, it's the inside of his car. Got no chance to clear the keeper. Astonishing position to get the body into. You know, I go through this cycle every summer <laughs> where I purge the memories of how painful the previous soccer season was. And then August rolls around. And it's nothing but pain from the get-go. So that's where we are over here. You know, when we started this podcast, it was a lot easier because no matter what really happened, our clubs were kind of in lockstep. And we were were approaching most weeks and months from similar point of views. And Donnie, I'm sorry I can't bring you into this light of warmth that I found. Yeah, it's... uh... It just doesn't feel good. I mean, for the male listeners out there, it just feels like you're just, imagine just constantly, every 10 seconds, you're just hitting, getting kicked in the nuts again and again. Is that, is, would you rather still feel the pain of that over and over again? Or is it even worse when at some point you just feel fucking numb and you don't feel like a man anymore? <laughs> Um, I guess we should dive into the Premier League now. Um, as we head our way to depressing town. Where do you want to do you want to get it out of the way first? Or let's just get it out of the way. Okay. Let's just let's and you know, the worst part about this is Eric has admitted on this podcast <laughs> that the content is better when I'm not happy. So I know that there is a part of him that is enjoying what he's witnessing in person here. Let, let, let me let me rephrase that with my words. I, through our friendship, have adopted a fandom and support of Manchester United. If they're playing my chosen Premier League team of the season, I pull for that team. 
So when they play Fulham, I'll be pulling for Fulham. Just wait till we talk about how late you are on that train. Yep, oh, no, yep, that's fine. That being said, outside of then, I want you guys to do well. But when it inevitably goes awry, there's a silver lining for me that, well, the next pod recording is going to start off good. Okay, let's just, let me just rip the bandaid here. First, I want to talk about the pirate of the team. I'm referring to Captain Anthony. And we should probably talk about the fact that, for those who aren't aware, this is about Manchester United. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're just diving into the prim here. Um, so, Anthony, why do I call him the pirate? Well, pirates oftentimes have a peg leg. And if Anthony had a wooden stick for a right foot, it would be better than what he's working with now. How you can spend 90 million pounds on the most one-footed player I have ever seen in the Premier League is beyond me. It is so frustrating to see defenders give him the byline to go down, knowing what we all know, he's going to cut back to his left foot anyway. I honestly cannot stand him. I hate watching him play. He kills every attack because he can't use his right foot, so it's like, the defenders know exactly what to do to shut him down. I hate him. I hate him. Can, can I? And remember when Jesse Lingard was going through those mental health problems that made playing for Manchester United impossible for him? That was really sad. And I'm not saying that I hope Anthony goes through mental health problems. I'm just saying that I hope something happens where I never have to see him on the fucking field again. Um... I would just like to draw your attention to um, uh, to, uh, bring this into evidence, uh, evidence one. I'm trying to do some legal term here. You mean exhibit one? Exhibit one. Uh, I I did not go to law school, everybody. I just watched one episode of Suits, and and all they did was talk about subpoenas. I started making some notes at the start of the season, watching some games, and I quickly stopped doing so because I was worried about how it was going to make the my co-host feel. But I made some notes on the United uh, game against Wolves, and here's my comment on on Anthony. Anthony, first, he just never seemed that good, um, and then second, Anthony kicked a ball with his right foot! Exclamation point! It hit the first defender five yards in front of him, but it's progress. But we should not be at a point where finally attempting to kick a ball with your weak foot, your second season, is a as a 90 million pound signing, like that should not be progress that we're celebrating. Correct. Watching him time and time again hesitate, hold up, and then inevitably cut inside when the defender is already shading that way so hard that he could dribble straight to the goalie. Like, how is Tin Hawk still, still starting it? Let's talk about Mason Mount, shall we? I'm so glad you bring this up because my note from that Wolves game, I also have a Mason Mount comment. And this was Mount playing in the double pivot alongside Casemiro for the Wolves game and for the Tottenham game, if I recall correctly. Correct. Uh, I I just don't think the audience could see you nodding your head in the affirmative. Uh, So Mount was playing so far advanced. Uh, 
as a double pivot that you are leaving the sole defensive midfield responsibilities to Casemiro, who is definitely still in preseason shape and is, unlike Kyle Walker, is actually aging and getting slower and was never a pace merchant to start with. And you're just asking so much of Casemiro, who's a who's a talented and great midfielder. You're just leaving that defense so fucking exposed. Mason Mount. What do you do well? Not the best dribbler. You're not the best passer. You're not the best defender. You don't track back. Press merchant. We sign 70 million pound player because he presses. Where was that signing going to fit into a team that had the one position more than any other position that is locked down is that Bruno Fernandes is the attacking midfielder of that team. That is a, that he is the first name on the team sheet. He's the captain of the team. What was even the logic with the Mason Mount signing? I questioned this at the beginning. And what did I tell you, Eric, was going to happen? Our midfielder is going to get run through. You saw it against Wolves. That should have been a 1-1 game. Onana 100% fouled the Wolves player. They should have had a penalty. Moving on to Tottenham. Tottenham. A game that for most of my life I knew was six, that's six points. You know, I could go through the counter and say, you know, Chelsea's going to be tough. Anfield's going to be tough. Tottenham, six points. Right there with Everton. Seriously. One time we were down 2-0 at halftime, and Sir Alex's halftime speech was, lads, it's Tottenham. We won 5-2. And I mean, their midfield bullied Manchester United. They were by far and away the better team, and we lost 2-0 and were utterly humiliated. To the point where Roy Keane commented that this United squad are the new Tottenham. Yes, which is, that's brutal, but true. Then we have Nottingham Forest today, or I guess yesterday now, where we go down 2-0 in five minutes. I will say that the midfield did look, actually look a lot better <laughs> without Mason Mount. But what the fuck are we doing? I just feel like any sort of progress we made last season has come completely backwards. Ten Hag has a talent identification problem. It seems that he can only sign players who either played at Ajax, played in the Dutch League, or share an agent with him. That is true of all of his signings, except for Casemiro, Actually, Mason Mount. All of his other signings have a, a thing in common. And let's talk about, let's look at his signings. Let's see what he's won. One signing that I will get, say was a good signing was Martinez. Yes, Lissandra. He's Lissandra Martinez is a very capable player. He's also adaptable to multiple positions. He is good. Surprisingly better than the air than. Yeah, that, that ended up not really... That yeah. was not an issue. Surprise, surprising. Okay. He also signed Casemiro. Not going to really give you credit for talent ID on a four times champ. Everybody had identified that. Like, that talent was was shown to us. That would be like City... That'd be like giving Pep credit for signing Erwin any, any of his parts that he signed. Because he only yeah. signs established top of world. Yeah. So, let's look at his other signings. Anthony, which we you've heard our dissertation on. 
We just talked about Mason Mount, that the only thing he's good at is pressing. Well, and I think it's it's an indictment of Mason Mount that Christian Erickson, who is a talented player, yes. is getting a little older and has some noted cardio history problems. Um, Mr. Stark, I need my heart pills. <laughs> he's the one that slotted in way less pace, way, yep. less, way, way less stamina. Yep. And the midfield was significantly more improved. Way better. All, all three midfielders scored today. Yeah. So that, that that's just where where I'm on. I am at on uh, Mason Mount. He signed Hoyland, who has a broken back. And he he signed a he, he signed sixty he million signed pound Batman after the fight with Bane. Yeah, sixty million pound striker who scored nine goals in Serie A last season. Great. I mean, what else? Weg, Weghurst. Remember him? Yes. But that was because Gapco ended up not coming to UX. But that's on him. That's fair. So, what has he done? Who has he brought in that's made the team better? Who has he identified? What, what, did, did Varane supersede him? Yeah. Varane came before him. Could argue some of the like and like this isn't talent identification or anything, but he has elevated and brought up some of the team players that seem promising. Polistri, Garnacho, like have potential. Sure, uh, and, and he's made a way. I'm sure. just playing devil's advocate. Sure, here. but when has he gone out there and said, "Hey, let's go"? Because he's been given money. Mm-hmm. I'm just not seeing really what he's done with it. You're, you're asked not to make it about about me, but like you're asking, where's the the esque signing, right? If you want right. to sign somebody from the Dutch league, that's a great example. Yeah. Or if Newcastle United could see that Tonali, who's a good player who I've watched a lot of, would be a good fit, huh? We do have a problem. Okay, Casemiro, great. Bruno, great. We do need someone else to play that. I mean, that was the Mason Mount money. Why? You, you don't think we we could have paid him just as much as? Newcastle did. We, I think they're paying him six million a year. Yeah, we easily could have paid that. We actually bought Mason out for a little bit more, so we could have made Milan happy. Why didn't we not even? Why was there not even a rumor that we were linked with a guy like Tanali? It's just it, and I'm, I don't think that I'm some kind of like savant or a genius. This just seems like very simple fucking stuff. Mason Mount was never going to work. Why are we? Why do we always do our business so late in the window so guys can't be part of the team? So we're not even hitting stride till October. It's just insanity to watch the same shit again and again. I just think it's going to be a really bad season. And he's going to be fired. And people are going to say he needs more time. But it's like, I don't expect you to regress after your first year. More time is what ended up getting you in the Ole situation, right? When you were just in limbo for so long. Yeah. The caveat is... He's second only behind Pep in points earned in his first 40 games as a manager. That was a cherry pick stat because they didn't show guys like Don Carlo, who was way ahead of both uh, of them. They didn't show Mourinho, who's way ahead of both of them. So is it just some current managers or something? Okay. It was a very cherry pick mm. stat. Because mm. I, I, I was like, yeah. I was like, Chelsea didn't lose a home game at Chelsea for a long time. And Carlo like had instant success when he was at Chelsea. So um, there are two kinds of lies in this and world. They, right? The gap between them and Pep, we're talking like, 
they were all a hundred, like well above a hundred, and then Pepe. So that was a that if you actually put it in context, you know who looks bad? Pep. Everyone's out there to make sure Pep looks good. He's the he's the darling boy. Men and Blazers, I know you're listening to this, <laughs> calling you guys fucking out too. <laughs> there are two kinds of lies in this world. Damn lies and statistics. statistics. Yep. So it's just going to be a long season. We we talked about this off off pod, but there is a stopgap solution to improve both problems. When Mason Mount is healthy, if he has to be in the squad in the eleven, bench Anthony. Yes. Put Mason Mount up wide right where his pace his, his uh press merchant can maybe force some turnovers, can yes. win the ball back. He won't hurt us as much not to track back. doesn't track back, it's, it's not as bad. He may, may be more likely to track back on the wing. And I he is much more two-footed than Anthony. And he, exactly, he can use his right foot or his left foot uh, because when he, got, he is that advanced anyways. And so this way you still get to have somebody providing cover for Casemiro because he is not the Casemiro of seven years ago. Right. He's still a great player. But he ain't that. Yeah, and now Luke Shaw might be out till November is what I saw today. Oh, fuck. It went from a few weeks to November, so we might get uh, El Cucaracha from uh, Chelsea. <laughs> in, in, in the sense of, like, if it was just, oh, Man United are going to get Cucurella to provide cover at left back, like, that doesn't move the needle because you have Shaw. But knowing that Shaw is maybe out till November... Like he's gonna be so fat when he's back. <laughs> so like he's really out until December. No, but then the holiday sweets. Uh, Shaw's out until January. He's pretty much out half the season. <laughs> and like that does make that move like doesn't seem as bad. But like, but there is a concern there. Chelsea spent big fucking money on him to be a bench player. He doesn't even get subbed in when they're trying to like rotate now. There's a question to be asked about the Brighton pipeline. There is. <laughs> and well, that's, a, that's a good transition point. Last thing I'm going to say is this. It's a good transition point, but fuck your transition <laughs> point. <laughs> it is so telling of the state of Manchester United that Anthony Alonga, who wasn't good enough to start most times in Manchester United, but came off the bench, does the same thing at a team like Nottingham Forest. That's, a really That's the biggest indictment I can That's give a really good of Manchester United in the last couple of years. Getting similar minute profile at a relatively recently promoted club. Yeah. Right? Second year. Yeah. But, um, sorry, I didn't mean to steal your transition, but and, let's go to Brighton. And, as, di- and as dire as uh, Man United are, they are two wins uh, and a loss in the season. So, like, we should have one point. Your start was way, your start, your results were way worse last year. True. Even though I feel like you feel just as dire, and maybe just a little more fed up with still being in this headspace year two. Yeah. Yeah. So let's so talk about other shit. Let's talk now. about that, that Brighton pipeline. Yes. Because I've got questions. And I have answers. <laughs> he said with a question mark. <laughs> There's no doubt that Brighton has incredible talent identification. Yes. Right. They're the they're finding guys for for five million and selling them for one hundred fifty million. Thank you, Chelsea. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we were seeing somebody like Leandro Trossard, who was kind of getting phased out as a 
guaranteed starter at Brighton for some reasons, seems to be playing well and fitting in well with Arsenal. Yes. But of their recent transfers, the other ones really look that good so far. Well, we already talked about Cucurella. Yes. Caicedo. Conceded a penalty <laughs> on his debut. Poor. In his defense, really he just got to his club. Yes. But, oh my God, did that look horrendous. Yes. He had a turnover. Yes. And then conceded the penalty yep. of the same play. It was really bad. Okay. Remember how we used to talk about system players? That. Yes? Yes. Okay. Perhaps Brighton is a system, and most of their guys are system players. I think that's what might be so good about their talent identification program. Is they it specifically the for, the system. for the system? And you, we also talk about system managers like Tuchel, who like no matter what team he runs, it has to be his system. I think Graham Potter might have been a system manager, not in that he has to run his system. That, like a system player, he was only good in the Brighton system. I completely agree. I think that Brighton have a system, and everything is just plug and play into the system. Yes. And then they just they just con on the teams into thinking people are good, and then they sell them. Chelsea look very disjointed. Yes. Now, they looked much better um, recently Today, against or, Luton. Or, or Friday. Friday. Against but it was Luton Town. It was against Luton Town. Uh, I saw a stat that said uh, spin since 1992. Luton Town, 30 million. Chelsea Football Club, 3 billion. Okay. Let me give you another stat. Since 1992, Luton Town, 30 million. Chelsea, one fourth of Moises Caicedo. <laughs> um, they looked a lot better. But and they had moments against Liverpool where they looked they looked good, but they yeah. had moments where they looked completely out of sync. Yes. And yes. then their game against West Ham, where Paqueta played played a villain that would have made uh, Diego Simeone proud. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's my new like next silly season. I really want Paqueta to move to Atletico Madrid and just play under the ma- the dark arts master. But that's that's for another time. So, yeah, Chelsea, it'll be interesting. I mean, how have Chelsea spent the money they've spent? Almost a billion in the last, like, two or three windows. Mm -hmm. And how do they still look so inept up front in attack? Well, I think one thing I will give them a little bit credit for is Nkuku going out injured. I think that was going to be a huge, huge focal point of the attack. You know what? Good point. Good point. Um, I have my Chelsea hater hater views on right now. I just think that like, it seems like Chelsea is a situation where like, who is really running the show there? Who has all the power? Who's making decisions? Because it's it feels like there are too many cooks in the kitchen, or and that pre- it's preventing them from having an identity. Yeah, they may have too many cooks in the kitchen, or you. It could be a, a situation where you've got one or two capable people, but they are reporting to, like, somebody who, like, is completely inept, right? Uh, Because it does feel like Todd Bowley and 
Clear Lake are having, you know, a, a very direct impact and input. Mm. And I, I, I'm not seeing the proof in the pudding. Yeah. Um, but Chelsea keep buying everybody and then sell them over to a certain Italian team in three years at a massive cut rate price. You're single handedly helping us keep up with the, with the finances that we cannot afford. After Chelsea Milan. <laughs> um, well, City looked really good. Even So I guess the news there is KDB is going to be out for a bit. For a good amount of time. But had surgery. I think they're still going to kind of be okay. I think last year they kind of showed, like he got hurt in the Champions League final like pretty much right away. He's great. That they, it's great that they have him, mm-hmm. but they don't need him. Was, because Bernardo's, like, they have guys like Bernardo Silva, mm-hmm. Rodri can step up. I mean, Holland's going to score a million goals. Like, they have they have so many play, good players that, like, they the machine keeps rolling. There was another season, I don't know if, I can't remember if it was, like, last year, within the last three years, where he was hurt early mm-hmm. and City really struggled before they fucking turned it on when he came back. And it was like, this City team is really good. But they are reliant on KDB to do what only KDB can do. As much as it hates for me to admit it, like the growth that Phil Foden has had, he is an example of somebody who can step in and play that KDB role. To where, like, I'm not saying that they're better without KDB, but they don't miss him like they they they, like they, they done used in the past. to. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, they look really good. Just business on they all look fronts. Machine-like. They beat, I mean, Newcastle and City. You know, they beat City. They beat Newcastle. Yeah, it was one nothing. Yeah, uh, Newcastle really def- defended really well, except for one time when they just left somebody pretty much unmarked in the box, and uh, it was Julian Alvarez, and he had a, a good shot, but a shot most starting Premier League forwards should be able to hit unmarked yeah. in the box. Uh, and they just couldn't really create much and, and, and build anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal look have looked competent, but not convincing. Agreed. Is my my take on them. Um, tight win against Crystal Palace. Ended up being a little bit of a tight game against Nottingham Forest, but Arsenal could have won that game by a lot more. And then held two two by Fulham. By ten man Fulham, yeah. Uh, Fulham have had two red cards in three games. Dude, there's been a lot. Okay, hold on. There's been in th- almost three rounds of fixtures. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight red cards. That's in, wild. That's got to be a record. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of red cards. And some of them have been soft, like the Timry. T- like Fulham and, and Timry got fucked. Mm. When he got red carded, um, against Brentford, against Brentford. So Mitro went to Saudi after all, which sucks. I think he was going to be such a big, he's such a big part of that team's attack. So I do feel like they are going to regress a little bit. I I, mean, I don't think they're going to get it's, relegated. It's hard when you lose the second best striker in the league, the best non Holland striker. I think if you put Mitro in that Man City team, he performs just as well as Holland. Yes. But just so, like, I can't, 
I can't be accused of 100% bias, just 90% bias. I'm just, I'm going to cover my bases here. That's fair. Um, That's tough. And like, Raul Jimenez. He's not been the same. Had some good moments with Wolves. But as you're, yeah, it's that that, that really scary head injury. Yeah. He's not, not been the same. He's just not been the same, which is understandable. Yeah. Um, and he's 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 actually always been like one of my more liked uh, Mexico national team players, but he's not he's not mature. So yeah, that'll be interesting for them. Tottenham. I think Postacoglu. Postacoglu looks like the real deal. Really, it's early. Yeah, it's very early, and it's the thing with Tottenham. It's it's never how they start. It's always how they how they how they finish. Um, but as of right now, they look fun. They look like they're having fun. They look frisky. They there's two signings that were made in the Premier League this year that I think are gonna stand out. They're both midfield signings. I'm actually not talking about Sam Carroll, because but You're talking about Madison the Tottenham. Two, the two Jameses. Madison to Tottenham and Ward Prowse to um, the Hammers. I think I mean, Madison for forty million, proven, proven performer in the Premier League. Yeah, you could be dumb and waste seventy on Mason Mount. Yeah. So Tottenham was really impressed with how they looked. Um, I I do think Tottenham are going to struggle though if they do not bring somebody in to be a striker over Richarlison. Yes. I don't think I think he's more of a winger than a striker. He doesn't score goals. And he seems to be playing top forward. He scored one Tottenham Premier League goal. Yeah. He doesn't score. I think Sonny will, will, will find his footing and, and adjust, just adjust the different dynamics of a new manager of playing without not playing through Kane. I think I, I think he will, but I I think Rich Arlson can be solid on the wing. But also like Buying Ricky from Everton, buying what's the guy that Newcastle bought, Anthony Gordon from Everton. Like, why are people picking the like bright spots of a of a team that's been horrible? A team before? that was like one bad call last season away, thinking about how close they were to being relegated. And they were, and like, they're definitely they were, getting they relegated were like this one year. one lucky game the year before from being relegated. And they're it's like maybe go for players from other teams. Like, I I just I don't think. Everton haven't scored a goal yet, <sighs> but they they did score one that was wrongfully I think called back for goalkeeper infringement. Yes, against Fulham. <laughs> I will say I do like my pick so far from what I've seen. I think I can see Liverpool, even though every every midfielder they want Chelsea's fucking them too. <laughs> I can see I, I I can see Liverpool um, making the top four. I also don't feel bad about picking Newcastle to make the top four. No, I actually right? feel bad about picking Newcastle not to pick the top if, four. If Newcastle's uh, second or second game wasn't against City, City it was yeah. against somebody else, I think there's a chance that they have more points than. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll find out a lot tomorrow actually yeah. with those Bright- two teams. Brighton looked good. They came came down to earth today. West Ham beat, beat them up a little Speaking bit. Speaking of looking good, West Ham looked good, but also like. Top of the table. Was table doesn't table doesn't matter, right? We're, we're three table only in. matters in May. Ask Arsenal. Yeah. Sorry, Arsenal. Um, it's just 
you guys are a good recent example of that. But like West Ham looked good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Gave Chelsea a lot of trouble. That was fun to watch. It's. I think we're, we're in for a fun season. Especially I, if the red card numbers stay like this. I feel very worried about Luton Town staying up. Uh, yeah, they're going down. I, if I can go back and change that, I would. <laughs> they are fucked. I, 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 yeah. I feel like Wolves win over Everton today it was a relegation six pointer in week three. Yep. Yep. Um, should we go to Italy? Yes. Oh. One last Premier League thing. I don't know if we talked about it, but Tyler Adams finally oh, yeah. got uh, out, and he's at Bournemouth now. Did he play today? Bournemouth have played three games. I completely missed the Bournemouth game. He did not. He didn't make the squad. He did just join the squad, and like, he's, yeah. he's coming back from injury. Yeah. Um, I do think he was involved in some sort of, of like on the field training though. So I think he's closer to being back from injury. Oh yeah, they played Tottenham in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Lost two nothing. Okay, we want to jet set over to Italy. Let's do it. Over to the peninsula. Take us, baby. I don't quite know to direct this ship because I'm being given a set of tools and circumstances that I'm very unfamiliar with and therefore uncomfortable due to my unfamiliarity. (laughs) Guys, it's been so much fun watching Milan at the start of the season. So good. We're only two games in. So good. A lot to happen. But holy shit, this Christian Pulisic looks so fucking good at Milan. Yep. Linking up with his his Chelsea flame, Olivier Giroud. His other Chelsea flame, <laughs> Ruben Loftus-Cheek. His other, other Chelsea flame, Fikayo Tamore. Yeah, after Chelsea Milan. One of our buddies uh, referred to Milan as, AC Milan as after Chelsea Milan, and it's incredible. Um, the team really do from an attacking standpoint this is the looks to be the best attacking team we've had since the days of Pirlo, Kaká, Shevchenko, Ronaldinho like we had a long banter era where it's not hard to 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 have a better team now than some of those banter guys but in the last few years even the the Scudetto winning year the last season Champions League semifinal run the offense was Facilitate through Teo and Leao on the left. Maybe get some like rebounds, volleys, and stuff through Giroud or Ibra, or have Sandra Tonali kind of like grit himself into some scenarios and situations. Yeah, those were that was the offense. Yep. Week one, first game, Leao looked kind of bored. And maybe a little frustrated that everything was moving through the right side. Yeah. Through through Pulisic. Ruben Loftus cheek played really well today. Really well. Um, and our boy Pulisic has two goals in two games. In the most American stat ever, he's got two hockey assists. Technically three hockey assists, actually. Um, 
And when he scored his goal today, after he celebrated with everybody, Leal sprinted up to him, bear hugged him, and picked him up. And so we're good. He's not, Leal's not getting frustrated, not getting worried. Uh, and here's the thing. Milan are looking great offensively firing all cylinders, and Leal hasn't even got going yet. No, he had a silky pass to Teo for a chip sure. goal. Yeah. Incredible. Le- but like by his by his own lofty standards is what I'm saying. And if, if we if we look at since he's kind of taken the step to where he is now, he's kind of been a slowish starter, which is taking o- a few games. Which is okay. Which is okay. Uh, last two years it wasn't okay though. Because right. it was really like pulling teeth to develop offense if Leal was a little off on a game. But now we've I mean we've we've got something. This offensive unit looks so good. And we haven't even mentioned Rindairs. Rindairs might have been the steal of the transfer window. And I told Eric over text he's gonna be really, really good. And even I I thought he was gonna need like an adapting period. I don't think he needs that adaption period. He is so good at wi- at winning those 50-50 balls, winning the ball, and then driving attack. And he had it's his, so good. His first game, he had twenty-seven out of twenty-seven passes, which is not like a super high amount. Um, I think that was a little bit more indicative of the fact that the play was developing on the right side, and he was playing on the left. Uh, but perfect pack act, pass accuracy, and very few were going backwards. Yeah, a little more going sideways. Most were forward progressive balls, uh, which is is impressive in its own right. Uh, so really excited. Yunus Musa got his debut today. Yep. Um, Game was already kind of in tow. He, you know, had a few moments where didn't connect exactly. Had some great drives forward. I'm, I'm excited to see what we've got there. Uh, next two games, Roma and Inter. So that Huge. will really, will really know how this team's looking through there because it is nice. We've struggled in the past under Pioli of actually doing really well against top top six clubs. And shitting points away against mid and, and bottom tier fodder, so it's nice to kind of start against two games, mid and lower tier team expect, expected teams, six points, not really business as not usual, really worried uh, in the second half of either game. Uh, but now we we got to see how these new guys and these established Milan world class players are going to bring it against the top teams. Yeah, so it's fun. It's awesome. Pulisic looks so happy. Milan look great. It's going to be a good season. Our away kid is sexy. Away kid is great. Eric was sporting it today. He looked great. And um, Roma are winless uh, through two games. It's a tough start for Roma. And Dybala just picked up a muscle injury. Doubtful for the Roma-Milan game. game. Obviously, uh, Tammy Abraham is missing significant time this season with an injury. Rumors that Big Rom is going to Roma. Yes. I actually think that's a really good fit for him and for them. Yes. We'll be curious if they can, how quickly they can get that deal done and how quickly they can get him integrated into the squad. They don't have a lot of time. The Milan game is Friday. That is in just like five days, basically. Yeah. So we'll be very curious to see if they can get him in. And it'd be great for Milan if they do bring him, but... Not until he's not in the squad until after our game, so that all the other teams have to play against Big Rom. Uh, so that'll be fun to watch. Especially be fun to watch Rom play for Roma 
at Inter and Juventus as he kind of had agreements with both teams to join yes. them and then pissed off both teams with his antics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, we're, we're, like I said, we're still two weeks in. Syria uh, and like Napoli, Juve, Inter haven't played their second games yet, so not much to really see, but top teams look pretty good. Um, it'll be interesting. Should we talk about the Bundesliga? Yeah. Um, obviously, for this Bundesliga, where we really need to start is, we touched on this, the Harry Kane transfer to Bayern. Yep. His first game was the uh, uh, DFB like Super Copa, where the the cup champion from last season plays the title champion. So we had Leipzig playing, you know, perennial title uh, championship winning Bayern. Who have won this German Super Cup for the last five years. Almost a guaranteed trophy for Harry Kane. And they bring in Harry Kane, who has never won uh, a, trophy. a trophy. Never. Not once. He's 30. Eric, did Bayern win this game? Not only did Bayern lose this game, they never looked at the level of Leipzig. No. They were bad. And, and Harry, didn't, Harry, Harry didn't start. Harry played. Nope. Harry came in the second half. But it is funny. But it is so fucking funny. It is so funny. Like, the memes before the game were the whole, you know, Leipzig had the opportunity to do the funniest thing in the world. And they did. Now here's something that's even funnier. Harry Kane just signed a clean deal <laughs> with fucking Skechers. <laughs> Listen. People are going to call me crazy for what I'm about to say. And even though he's at Bayern Munich, a team guaranteed to win a trophy this year, I think now that he's signed with Skechers, <laughs> Harry Kane himself has resigned to the fact that he's never going to win a trophy. How do you not make the move to Bayern Munich and at least finagle the Adidas deal? I don't know. Right? Skechers? I didn't... When did Skechers start making soccer cleats? Do they cleats? make cleats? Are we sure they make cleats? I'm Googling it on the pod right now. Oh, and then um, PSG realized how much they suck without it. <laughs> so he's allowed to play for the rest also, of yeah, the that, year. That is our Bundesliga update. Please stay tuned for <laughs> this type of hard-hitting Bundesliga now. Oh, Leverkusen looked very good, so pat on my back. <laughs> but yeah, PSG, Sat Mbappe... Realized how bad they are without him and immediately reinstated him into the first team squad. And he scored like three minutes into him being reinstated. Eric, this soccer cleat is so bad. What is that? Oh, that's so ugly. They just put, but ignore the ugliness and just try to look at it. They kind of Who constructed that? They kind of. This is very bad podcasting, yeah, but we're just very, looking very at visual medium. Just, just type in Skechers Cleat. Also, when you type in Skechers Cleat at Google, the first thing that comes up is a Nike Cleat and an Under Armour soccer cleat. Uh, um, I mean, fuck. Diodoro would have been better to sign with. At least they have a history of in the sport. Be cool. Anything would like, have going, been... Going retro would be kind of cool. Anything would have been better than Skechers. Um... What else? Anything else? We, yeah, we do actually want to 
issue an invitation to partake in a little competition. As any of you who listened to last episode know, Donnie and I gave our top four predictions for the, the four big leagues. Yes. And we're going to obviously keep track of ours, and we're going to kind of score this out a little bit. Yes. So the way this is going to work is like every team you correctly put in the top four will be a point, and then getting that team in the exact right spot Another point. is an additional point. like that. Uh, and so what we'd love for you all to do is send us in through any of the socials or through our, our Gmail account. The email account might be the easiest, but whatever you guys feel. On gopod at gmail.com. Send us your predictions for the top four, and we're going to score everybody. And at the end of the season, we will send some sort of surprise swag to... Uh, Yes, surprise swag that we will complete this week, right? Yeah, some some surprise <laughs> swag that we'll definitely have ready for you by the end of the season for sure. Uh, the of, we'll, we'll order it by the end of the week. Yeah, right? no, okay. I know we're gonna have it, but we'll have yes. it in in our possession by the end of the season. And uh, so we'll tally up and and the winner or maybe the top couple. Uh, we'll see, but we'll definitely do some sort of some award. It could be a fun little competition that we can keep track of and. And don't worry, the Onis are still coming as well. Speaking of awards, <laughs> we're percolating. There's a lot of things to consider this year. Uh, yeah, so send in your top four picks for the Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, and the Bundesliga. Please don't send us any other league top four picks. Those will automatically be disqualified. Honestly, I don't care honestly, about your... Yeah, you might lose points if you send us anything yeah, else. I don't care about your Uber Eats League One <laughs> top four. <laughs> No one's getting two points for putting PSG up. Do not send us your Saudi league. <laughs> oh, the worst part of the FC Dallas game is I saw this chubby 12-year-old wearing a full Al Nasir kit. Full kit wanker. Full kit wanker. It was a tough look. That's, Honestly, that's bad parenting. I would have had a little bit of respect for him if he was like choosing like a non-Ronaldo jersey. Like, like, like that would have kind of been at least funny. Uh, yeah. But it was a Ronaldo kit, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um... So yeah, we haven't done it in person in a while. Always fun to be back in the lab together. But I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll check in again in a few weeks. Yeah. Maybe drop in the Onis sometime. Maybe international break could be a good time for the Onis, actually. That's pretty good. Pretty good scheduling time. But um, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Share us with a friend as the soccer season starts. And that's all we got. Bye. He's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Got no chance.